0: Welcome to a football show, Thursday edition, spicy Thursday edition, even still now three days removed from the Monday night debacle in Buffalo. Welcome to the show. His name is Zach. My name is Braden. It is great to have all of you here. If you would like to vent in the comment section, please feel free because Zach has been venting on the internet. He's been venting on his podcast. He's been venting uh, when we're just not on the air. He's been venting on Twitter. I'm pretty sure the wife and the dog has gotten a lot of venting from you this week as well, Zach. So, good to see you, my friend. How are you, sir?
1: Uh, doing good. You know, nothing matters. Everything is meaningless.
0: <laughs> you're, you're like Flea from the Big Lebowski. Like, you believe in nothing. You believe in nothing, Lebowski. I'm a nihilist. Like, I'm a nihilist. Uh, listen, I, <laughs> my, 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 I'm not going to cha- name the name of the company, but we got a text message from my, my internet provider, literally minutes before we go on the air and it's like outage uh we're gonna have some outages in the area so bear with us here uh on the show today on it will just be edition. the, the so good news is we'll it'll just
1: be Braden's stream it's not necessarily be my stream i i you know have good internet i don't have people that come and work on it uh, raccoons eat through wires whatever's going on over at Braden's house
0: <laughs> it's like Thanks for giving me some notice that you're going to take my internet away. My entire company is run off this internet. Why are you taking it away minutes before telling me? Unbelievable. Also a good reason to change your internet provider. Um, all right. So we're, we got a lot of stuff to do today on the show. We'll get to our reaction now three days later from Monday Night Football, what we feel is happening, uh, what we think is happening, what we think could happen. we got a big Raiders game coming up, two very desperate teams, of course, in the NFL. Oh, by the way, the Bengals also... Winless the Super Bowl representative from the AFC. So, a lot of stuff to do on the show today. We'll get into Florida week, SEC week number four. Got a big one with AM in Arkansas, Florida, and Tennessee. What's happening with Auburn? You got Vandy going to Bama. So, you got a lot of stuff to do today on the show. We thank you guys for joining us. Rate, review, subscribe, turn on all the notifications. Check out Broadway Sports Media, the F Words Pod. If you want to hear Zach yelling with Mike Herndon, congratulations to Mike Herndon on. He's the Brett Favre of Broadway Sports Media. I feel like. Uh, well, let's He's, not
1: uh use Brett Favre in this context uh, with what's ever going on because I don't I don't think uh, Mike is still in welfare money or anything, and you know, hanging out with underage girls in <laughs> hot tubs. So let's let's not let's not put that there. Maybe Tom Brady is yeah more not likely.
0: not okay. Fair enough. Not exactly Mike Fisher. How about Mike Fisher, Tom Brady of Broadway Sports Media, Mike Herndon? So uh, all right. So before we do any of that. However, got to remind everybody of our wonderful and amazing sponsors go to the pharmacy. Of course, the pharmacy beer, garden, burger, parlor, soda, rail. They're going to have a pop-up this week at Pilgrimage Fest. So if you're down there and you want some food and you're hungry, which we know you will be, make sure you check out the pharmacy pop-up down there at Pilgrimage Fest, of course. So they're down there. It's a great place to go grab a drink and a beer and a brats and some tots every single weekday over there at the pharmacy on McFerrin Avenue in East Nashville. We got the Kingston Group. If you're going to make a big decision about your house. Check out the Cakes Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. And of course, Weiss Liquors. Jack? They, Weiss Liquors, Liquors?
1: They drive so you can drink. And it's, I need a lot really,
0: of Really? Yeah, as, as most Titans fans do, even three days later, which is not a good place to be if you're a Titans fan. So check out Weiss Liquor, go to Uber Eats, search Weiss Liquors, uh, and they will deliver booze to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes. All three of these companies, important to note here, just like Broadway Sports Media, just like the F-Words Pod, just like 440 Media and 440 Sports, and this show, everything locally owned and operated in Nashville by Nashvillians for Nashvillians. So again, the pharmacy, Kingston Group, Weiss Liquor's say hello to our wonderful and amazing sponsors and tell them how much you love the show. How about don't
1: forget that? you get 10% off at Slickers uh, if you use code 440. So, you know, why not go out there, use it? They have everything you need to make you forget about this team.
0: <laughs> and a lot of people have done a lot of forgetting over the last three nights. So now that we are whatever it is, 64 hours removed from the loss to the Bills on Monday night. I went back and rewatched the first half, not the second half. I didn't want to see the, the third quarter again because uh, I didn't need to. I already knew what happened, but I did go back and watch the first half. And I just like to know, Zach, where where are you psycho- psychologically, mentally? Have, did you go from like complete and utter failure and despair on Monday night and go down into your feelings and your menchies and have, and have like worse depression since then? Have you rebounded since then? W- where are you at mentally? If you listen to the F words pod, uh, which was taped on Tuesday out on Wednesdays, it didn't seem like you'd made much progress.
1: <laughs> but it's it's a, it's a hilarious display of ineptitude. Um, I think that's the way to look at it. It's hysterical. It was hysterical how poorly coached and how poor the game plan was at the end of this game. Uh, I still laugh at it. Um, I, in fact, I got an article coming out on broadwaysportsmedia.com dot com soon. Uh, my weekly article took me a little bit to find my footing, find my creative juices to figure out what I wanted to write about, and it's a uh, uh, an idiot's guide to avoid dumbassery <laughs> because that's what that was. They are they were complete and utterly outclassed, outmatched, outcoached, outsmarted. It was the um, I guess you could say it was a boat full of dumbasses careening off a cliff, just w- off a waterfall, into a ravine, and they all drowned even though they all know how to swim.
0: <laughs> they just refused to move their arms and legs.
1: They refused to move their arms and legs because What's this, see, this they don't adjust anything. So once they <laughs> fell and once they crashed, instead of adjusting to the environment around them and swimming to save their own life, they just drowned.
0: We We are... We are now battling air, and now we're battling water, and they've changed their defense, and we don't know how to adjust. We yeah. don't know how to adjust to battling water. After and they didn't really air. even have
1: to adjust. They just didn't come in with a good game plan. Uh, I mean, you knew days in advance that the that Gabriel Davis was more than likely, high 90% chance, was not going to play. And they prepared like Stephon Diggs didn't exist. What a fucking... <laughs> disgrace of a game plan that was i I, it's just it's hysterically bad It, it i'm not even mad that they lost it was that they didn't even come to play they didn't even come to coach and they're not taking any accountability for it they're just like well our way has worked in the past nobody has adjusted around us to our way No opponent, apparently they got blinders on. They they don't know anything that's going on (laughs) around them. No opponent has added players to stop Derrick Henry. No, no, the secret, it's still a secret. Derrick Henry is our weapon, but nobody knows apparently, and that's how they're going to approach it. They're going to approach it like a bunch of fucking dumbasses.
0: Feel better? No. No, <laughs> not at all. So no, because I... then, now I'm going
1: to have to go watch the Raiders playing. They're probably going to put Trey Avery on Devontae Adams, and nice. they, got, they called up this Kevin Raider kid, and he's probably going to be getting considerable snaps and blocking while Chiaga Konkwo is on the bench because they don't like starting their rookies because they got fucking fists up their
0: asses. Okay, okay, all right. Okay, now, will you allow me to play the role... I'm not going to, I'm not, I'll tell you what I believe in and what I don't believe in. So I'm not going to fake it because that's not what we do here at 440 Sports or at Broadway Sports Media. We deliver nutritional content, no empty calories. So everything I'm going to say to try to make folks feel better about what's happening with the Tennessee Titans is all what I really think. But I'm going to lean in a little harder because I feel like I need to play the role of devil's advocate for a minute here, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, go ahead.
0: Because I've got a lot of stuff I'm concerned about too. The, the the roster, the coaching, all the same things that we we are concerned about. Just the small play- stuff, you know, the <laughs> roster, the, the players, coaching, the coaches, the
1: general manager, you know, just <laughs> the, small stuff.
0: The decision making during games. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just
1: stuff that you know, just like really minute stuff, minute details. It's all uh,
0: good. Co- coaching and playing football; those are the two yeah, that uh, yeah. that we're worried about mostly,
1: Big but minor but- <laughs> concerns
0: minor concerns. But a lot of you've already a lot of you guys are already in the comments. D- Donnie says, "Hey, Zach helped me get over the game." And he's laughing. Oh, good uh, luck. <laughs> Des- Des- Deshaun says, "This is clearly the best team in the league we lost to." But that felt like 61 to 7 instead of 41 to 7. Imagine how bad it would have been. And then of course, follows it up with people said the same thing about the Rams last year, so what does that say about how good this Bills team is? So I want to I want to lay out a few things here, just real quickly. Because I've got major concerns about one particular thing halftime. Coming up against the Raiders and how it affected both of these two games, the Giants and the Bills. Because the halftime thing, here's how I would sell it if I'm trying to be positive. Number one, this was 10 to 7 with a minute to go in the first half. For for 30 minutes, this was a three-point game and that the Titans scripted something well out of the gate. They dominated the first half against the Giants. They have played good football in the first halves of each of the first two games. Josh Allen's touchdown throw to Stephon Diggs on that goal line play, that, that is a 99% of human beings simply cannot make. Rolling full speed to a left, stop, plant his entire body around, and throw it back across his body, just a play that m- almost every other quarterback they're going to face is incapable of making. Stephon Diggs, one of the best players. This is the best team in the NFL that they just lost to. They had some demons they wanted to exercise. It's early in the season.
1: They didn't lose. They got dominated and thoroughly embarrassed and destroyed.
0: Yeah. It wasn't
1: just just a loss.
0: In the effort to be succinct here.
1: (laughs) We got an hour. (laughs) That that is
0: the best football team on the planet. Like on the planet. That's the best football team on the planet. And they have a lot of bad will towards this Titans team. It's early in the season. The Bengals and the Raiders are also 0 2. I just think that the, the flick of the wrist to Stefan Diggs I- against Trey Avery, which again, bad coaching, bad playing, but that is also a throw that most players can't make where he just flicks it without even, with any effort at all. Point being, this is a special team with a special quarterback playing at an elite level, which of course is the goal for the Titans fans out there and for the Titans. But that, let's just say that that's the measuring stick. Football is designed to evolve over the course of the season. It, it's, it happens in college. It happens in pro. It happens in high school. You work out kinks. You find solutions to problems. And teams that can go start the season two and four can end up making the playoffs because that's how football works. So I wouldn't put it past Rabel in this team to win the division. Oh, by the way, here's the other positive. The division is dog shit. They can win the division with an eight and nine record and get into the playoffs.
1: But who cares?
0: I Hey. I mean you ultimately had if had you're your not time. winning
1: the Super Bowl, who cares?
0: Well, I traditionally I agree with you. It's about the championship. But I also don't think you can quit on your favorite team after two games. In particular where you were very good in the first half of both of those games and you were one play away from being one and one. You are one made field goal away from being one. one. It doesn't change the issues, it doesn't change the questions, it doesn't change the things that we have to discuss which you which we're doing but i just i just think it's a little too soon to start losing our minds and quitting on a team that you are des- you, you are passionate about uh, like
1: well they're I'm not, not f- passionate so why am I, why should i have to be passionate
0: because i think you are in your i think losing to buffalo on monday night how bad it was is not as bad as it's going to be it's going to be better they're going to play better they're going to why? win games
1: why why if if De- derrick henry looks awful So, why would this team look any better at this point? This is a this at best a nine and 18 at best, and really that doesn't do it for me. That's not what the expectations are, it's not what the expectations should be. Even Mike Vrabel let it slip in a rare moment of a press conference saying, Yeah, I've kind of looked around at how bad the AFC South is. Like, that's something to hang your hat on.
0: Um, It's not. It's not. I. I am merely playing the role of devil's advocate to try to attempt yeah, to keep people and, and from jumping listen, off the ledge a little too early in the season. That's all. I'm, I'm not telling to
1: anybody work. to commit suicide. Just don't worry about this season. Just uh, emotionally <laughs> detach yourself from the season <laughs> because it doesn't matter. This season does not matter. It's a wash. They're not going to the Super Bowl. It's almost statistically improbable that they're going to go to the Super Bowl. It's not impossible, but Im- highly, highly improbable. It's even improbable that they even make the playoffs. Because at this point, the Jaguars are better than you. They have played better football over the last two weeks. The Colts There's uh, who 15 knows more what to go. It doesn't matter.
0: It's yes, just it what I'm saying,
1: what I'm saying is, Braden, if if the goal is the
0: Super Bowl, it's not happening. I, I don't disagree with you, but I, I didn't disagree. So with So what that. are we
1: supposed I, to do? Just just sit around with our hands no, in our look. pockets, enjoying it. Oh look at this team winning some games, losing some games. Oh man, they sure are boring to watch because that's what they are. They're fucking boring. And they, you they know, are. Th- listen, they are. you you said it best. I think that the the NFL season is set to evolve. Over a course of fifteen games or over a season, the problem is that this team doesn't fucking involve. It hasn't involved in a, several years, and this is why they are where they're at because they they going through Derek Henry at this point is worthless. And even if that is the point, your play caller isn't doing anybody any favors with the play calls he's using in the order that they're using in the game. It's a wash. this This season's a wash, it's been a wash. And it's okay to admit that it's wash and that this season doesn't matter. Don't go kill yourself. Don't you don't have to change teams or allegiances. Just be apathetic. This fucking season doesn't matter. When you when you put out Trey Avery on Stephon Diggs. So if you take if you take fuck nothing them. fuck this
0: team. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. If you if you take nothing from the Thursday edition of a football show. Messages sponsored and brought to you by wonderfully locally owned businesses like the pharmacy, the Kingston Group, and Weiss Liquors, is that you should not commit suicide. Those that is the one. If you take nothing from this show, and our sponsors are so proud to make sure that you take this one message from the show, don't kill yourself. That that's Zach is telling you not to do that this week. So I just want to make sure that everyone knows that our sponsors are pretty clear on where they stand on suicide just we're we're anti-suicide right we're we're against it here on the program a football show brought to you by the pharmacy burger parlor and beer garden the kingston group locally owned and operated since 2000 or so if this NFL, if this
1: team if this team cared it would make changes but it doesn't care it's gonna go and they've said it all week they've said it all week we're just going to stick with what, we, what we've what we been doing because it worked in the past and nothing else matters. Only well, the past matters.
0: So I want to talk about the changes thing because I think this is important. Because Rabel talked about not making – he said, I don't think anybody's not doing their job at the press. I'm paraphrasing, but basically that's what he said. Yeah, they're, that, they're
1: all doing their job just poorly.
0: Went about and They're coaching? all showing
1: up to work and they're checking in, getting their paycheck, and they're all doing it poorly.
0: Here's the thing, though. They change players all the time. They got no problem changing players. Some of them due to injury. Some of them calling people up, moving people down. They,
1: they kind of change players. It's the they same players. players. Like we got Wyatt Ray back on the practice squad for whatever fucking reason. Like, I mean, it's the same people. Just Are you going to let me talk?
0: Are going to let me talk here? So that I do, I, I and I heard this on the F-Words pod, you and Mike talking about this. I do, I, I do think they will change the coordinator at the end of the year. I heard you guys kind of saying, I don't think they will because Vrabel hasn't learned about it. And you've said this for many, many now that Vrabel's fingerprints are all over more than just, it's more than just Todd Downing. It's a Mike Vrabel situation that, that he needs to evolve and adjust. And I agree with that. And I think we're going to see that at the end of the season. I don't think it benefits firing a coach mid-season unless Tim Kelly, they believe that Tim Kelly steps in and is all of a sudden this perfect play caller. I don't think two weeks is enough time to do that for Tim Kelly. So even if you're we're not going to not gonna take hang it on evidence. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Even if you want Tim Kelly to learn and grow into the role, have more familiarity with the personnel, let like, they had four rookies starting at one point during the third quarter when the game got out of hand and that didn't include Kyle Phillips. So you're talking about five prominent rookies. Now, Willis doesn't really count, but prominent rookies learning with a guy who's only been here for two games. And if that's the future, of the offense which i hope it is i understand your apprehension as to why that may or may not happen i just think we are way too early in all of this stuff to panic and you're you know like again
1: it's not panicking it's, <laughs> it's acceptance like that's the no, thing I
0: it's just acceptance. i don't accept that i don't accept it i, I no, you, you don't cannot, accept that the entire over summer no
1: 36 fucking games that todd downing has been an offensive coordinator not including playoffs and you still think the jury's out
0: no, 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 no. The der- I'm not talking about get rid of them. Let's get rid I'm of him. I'm not them. talking about Todd Downing. I am talking about you cannot spend all offseason, which you did, preaching about why culture and Mike Vrabel and the, how they conduct themselves and how they run an organization is re- like recession-proof and injury-proof and all these things. I agree with you on that. You cannot throw all of that out in two games. When you played the best team in the world – who made just insanely good plays as a quarterback? he's playing off the charts right now? And you basically want, were the better team in Week One.
1: But the problem I, is, is the problems that we thought were the problems in the off season are even worse. And the problem on top of that is I that agree. Mike I Vrabel, agree. Mike Vrabel is doing stuff that Mike Vrabel has never done before. Mike Vrabel is being piss poor in in game management. He's not making any kind of adjustments. He's, not, he's letting his guys get away with pe- – they're, they're just going crazy with penalties. He's not making any effort to change and evolve and to adapt. And when those things are new symptoms, on top of the old systems that have been here, which are shitty-ass Todd Downing, bad coverage, uh, over-reliance on undrafted free agents, it just compounds everything. And so at some point, with no Derrick Henry to bail your ass out, this team out, with no Harold Landry and the defense not playing up to snuff uh, because of injuries and all this stuff, when you're off, when you rely on a shitty-ass offensive line that's gotten worse and worse and worse and keeps getting worse by the minute, then there is nothing that he can do. There's nothing that he can do to get this team to a Super Bowl at this time.
0: So I agree with you that Super Bowl or bust is an okay mentality for a fan base that has been in the playoffs four straight years, multiple division titles and all that stuff. Um, I, I think it's too soon in the season to say anything definitively about anything anywhere in the entire NFL. And I, I think we can, I think Todd Downing is not long for the job at the end of the year. The question is, how much damage can he do in the meantime? Now, if they go out and they beat Vegas and they, they, Derrick Henry runs for 160 yards, like, are you all of a sudden going to come on that, the show on Monday and, are, and change your opinion?
1: They're not a Super Bowl team. That's my opinion. Opinion, and that's what matters. I think so, they were so. There's, there's no, no thing, point in
0: watching, e- even though just,
1: just well, my I guess because I talk about it for a living. But that's about it. <laughs> I mean, I would I would watch just to watch because I'm a fan of the sport and fan of the NFL and I'm a fan of the team. But doesn't mean I I just have to sit here and just be false falsely exuberant and be like, oh, well they beat the Raiders and? That means mean everything is fixed and everything listen even if they beat the giants I'd still be pissed about the loss about buffalo and I'd still have the same the same mentality that this is not a super bowl winning team because that I don't care about the giants win as much as I care or the giants loss I care more about the the this loss as far as weighting it what really matters and this showed that there is a lot of problems that matter with this team yeah. that are going to yeah. prevent them from being a Super Bowl contender which they should have been and had the aspirations for if you if you are looking at the proge- progression of this team this team mm-hmm. is not a Super Bowl contender if it makes the playoffs who gives a shit hang your so banner today- to someone else that matters
0: Today, I agree with you, they're not a Super Bowl contender, but Mike Vrabel has shown and proven that he deserves the right to see the season out and to see how it plays out before we make any judgments about what this team can or can't do. It doesn't mean I'm not super concerned about the offensive line the way I was when camp started, the way we were before camp started. I'm still very concerned about the offensive line. I'm very concerned about the depth. I'm very concerned about the drafting of the players by John Robinson. Like, There's an offensive line thing here, along with the play calling thing here, that are very big, real concerns. But this organization has earned the right to, and and again, I think stepping back from even the Titans, football and the NFL in particular is a sport that humbles you from week to week. And the Bills lost to the Jags last year nine to six. It, it is, you can fix problems, you can evolve, you can change, you can solve problems, and you can get better as the year goes along. I'll, and I, I'll, I will I'll give this it team. when I see it. That's fine. But I will give this. Mike Vrabel has shown us enough times that he is capable of doing that. Let's see how it plays out before we quit watching football for the year.
1: When when has he ever evolved?
0: I Listen, you cannot spend the entire offseason saying 91 players, culture, culture, culture. He's proof he he can handle injuries. He can handle adversity. He can handle this. And then all of a sudden, when he gets a little adversity, quit on the guy. You don't get to do that.
1: Well, I think I'm beginning to see through the mist and see that it was probably a little bit fluky what what happened last year. And I think that the... I mean, that's fine. We're going to find out he overcame adversity, but overcoming adversity and evolving. And it is a little bit different.
0: I, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I want, I, there's so many more games to go. There are problems that could get fixed. Young players that could develop. There's so much, there's so much that happens in the NFL. The number of times you see a team that is three and three or four and four or two and four or whatever it is that eventually ends up going on a run, figuring things out pieces fall into and place. Listen, they're probably going to go get on a them. run
1: because they have a weak-ass schedule coming up for the next few games. A very weak schedule. I'm not buying in that this is ever going to be a Super Bowl contender to actually see them in the in the
0: Super Bowl. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. If that's the if that's the bar you I've told you, if that's going to be your only bar then that's fine. I my issue is 20 you know, if you're going to be a last bottom five team in like almost every major statistical category on both sides of the ball and that's the way it is in week twelve, week fourteen, week sixteen. Then we're gonna ha- we're gonna have some very different conversations. than I'm that I-, I will sing a very different tune than what I'm singing right now. And maybe you're right. Maybe you're completely right. And all this is a total failure. I'm just not ready to say that definitively yet because we got so much time to go. And there's this is how football works.
1: Listen, if you Every regress, if you regress in your win loss record and you regress in your status in the NFL among the NFL's elites, it's a failure. I don't, I, I'm, I'm just sorry. I have high standards for this team now. And, and that's just where I've always been. Like I've always been, oh, they'll make it to the playoffs, but now show me in the playoffs. You got to prove it to me. And right now they're going the, the way other direction to proving that maybe playoff Cincinnati Bengals team was the real version of this team all along. The team that lost to the jets, the team that can't put their throat on the bills, the team or the uh, giants the team that can't even compete, sniff the, the underwear of the bills <laughs> is, is the real team,
0: the underwear. I like that. Uh, I, I will say this football to me is always about collecting data. Every game is a 60 minute data sample that you collect information and you build a folder on a team, every team in the NFL and in college football over the course of the year. And right now there's just not enough to make any big sweeping statements. I think the halftime number is the biggest one. And this gets us, this can take us into the Raiders game. If you want to transition and, and start looking at this game. So here's my biggest concern outside of like, okay, I think there's some depth issues with injuries along the offensive line. And like, I, like injuries to me are not something you can necessarily control, but to me, they came out at halftime against the giants. They went three and out, three and out, gave up big explosive plays and gave up two touchdowns. So they went from up 13, nothing and dominating to down basically tied 13, 13. Cause I think they missed an extra point or something like that, but it was three and out, three and out on offense. And then two long touchdown drives. Against the Bills, five plays, 20 yards, punt. Three plays, minus one yard, punt. Two plays, eight yards, interception. Three plays, 10 yards, pick six. And then, of course, Buffalo scores multiple times. My issue is the 37-7 third quarter that has taken place in the two games. And that is Todd Downing. That is Mike Vrabel. That is the players. That, to me, they've been good right out of the gate against both the Bills and the Giants. I, th- I think we're
1: I think I think goods relative. Quarter. I think goods relative because I I look at the offense and the offense looked okay against the Giants. I mean they were up they were up had a good lead, but they weren't up by enough wh- by what they could have been. And then with the Bills, they just weren't even on the same fucking planet. I mean this this offense wasn't even on the same planet against that Bills defense. I mean. I don't know what is going on. Why this team calls the plays that it does, refuses to adjust within a quarter, within the the minutes. You know, when you come to the sideline after a horrible drive, where is the adjustment? And then you look at the what the what happened with the Raiders and the Cardinals this weekend. They the Cardinals adjusted just better to them, and this is a team that's still going through its growing pains with the Raiders, obviously, and. Um, but here you have the more mature, fully formed adult coach that should be making these adjustments on the fly as quickly as possible instead of waiting to never make adjustments, which is a really odd strategy when you start getting your ass kicked. I
0: I think they win. I think they're going to win this weekend. I don't think so. Again, my my, my concern to your point about Vrabel's stubbornness todd downing the offensive line depth questions again it doesn't help when your left tackle goes out after one play but again we can't solve the lawan decision in the middle of the season that has to be an off-season problem and yes the people making those decisions deserve deserve criticism for that there's no question about it but i want to see what this team looks like in the second half because to me that is a coaching staff culture adjustment issue that they had against the giants and that they had again against Buffalo.
1: And they'll have it again this week because I, I look at it this way. This, this Raiders offense is a lot better on, on paper with the pass catchers that it's got. than what you just saw last week, when you have Trey Avery, an undrafted free agent covering Stefan Diggs,
0: you think the Raiders are better offense than the bills.
1: I think the, they have better pass catchers than what you saw versus the bills.
0: Just because okay, so, Gabe Davis was out.
1: Well, okay. Well, you got Darren Waller, who's the better tight
0: end. Yeah. Okay.
1: Devontae Adams. Hunter Renfro uh, probably may not be there. You can't just, well, Devontae Adams. Devontae uh, Adams Adam, you really can't just you know
0: good. you're yada yada yaddying over Stephon Diggs, who's one no, of I'm the... not.
1: I'm just I'm not saying that Devontae Adams is better than Stephon Diggs. I'm saying he's the same caliber player as Stephon Diggs.
0: Okay, that's fair.
1: And and really I think you can make an argument that Devontae Adams is better. It's not necessarily, I don't think, I could think you could make an argument for both. But Darren Waller is clearly, clearly better than Dawson Knox. And when Hunter Renfro is healthy, which I don't think he's healthy this week. No, He's not. the better third wide receiver. And then you also have Zay Jones, which probably he. you saw what they did let Jake Kumaro do. Zay Jones probably going to go crazy on this fucking team.
0: Okay, so then I'll stand corrected on that specific thing. I will say offensively as a whole, with when you include the quarterback and the offensive line, the two most important pieces, the Raiders aren't a shell of what the Bills can offer from an offensive line and quarterback standpoint. And I like Derek Carr, but they're not in the same category because that Bills offensive line was a big reason why – they did everything they wanted to do last week. And frankly, the, the week before I, it is that offensive line. That's so good. And Josh Allen is on another planet right now. I, again, it's week to week. Oh shit. It's, it, it's week to week. What's going on? You're all right
1: Oh, Stefan Diggs just scored again.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, what's he doing in Goodlandsville? Just let's well, ISO.
0: It, you know, it's ISO coverage, yeah. um, you know, from Hendersonville high. <laughs> so, so uh, listen, I think uh, the, the second half adjustments, notwithstanding, like the here's the thing about the Titans. Other, other thing that I noticed, they were ahead of only Seattle, Indianapolis, and New England on finishing drives with points. And those are not three teams you want to be in the ca- same category with when it comes to scoring points on offense. So they've got to finish drives. It's got to be about, it's got to be about being more creative and timing out your Derrick Henry usage correctly. It's got to be more efficient. And that has to be a part of the game plan coming into this, this the game but it's got to be a better adjustment at halftime. So I, I, my, my areas of concern, frankly, and I think Vrabel has addressed these specifically all week, which is Chandler Jones and Max Crosby coming off the edge. And he gave a lot of credit to the safeties. He talked a lot about how versatile and how different the, the Raiders' safeties are and how they play. And he's talked a lot about those guys. So I think, to me... Yeah, you know, I wish w- they
1: would uh, use our safeties. You know, we got these great safeties back there and they were just kind of sitting around watching Stephon Diggs run right by or run right with uh, Trey Avery. It's Kind of a kind of a weird thing.
0: Do you have anything constructive to offer for the game? Uh, for the yes. Give me give me uh, a scheme. Give me a player. Give me a matchup that you think because I, I think they're I think the Titans are going to win. But I think it's because they they get back to sort of being themselves. And maybe if it's just for one week, it, it's going to work.
1: Uh, I guess with the Raiders, I guess you just hope that Jeffrey Simmons doesn't disappear and that Bud Dupree's playing and you get the good Jeffrey Simmons and good Bud Dupree go- up against this line. And let me say this, mm-hmm. Denico Autry, player of the game for this Bills-Titans uh, matchup, the, he was the absolute player of the game. They did him a complete disservice, not capitalizing on all the great plays he made. So obviously Denico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons, and Bud Dupree, if Bud plays can make noise and enough noise to frustrate the Raiders but the Raiders are going to win cuz the the Titans do not have an answer in coverage for these pass catchers for Derek Carr and um it's just it's just going to be one of those games where t- it's probably 35-14 Raiders
0: man i don't know how to get you off the ledge man <clears throat> i don't i'm just being realistic I don't. I don't know how to get you off the ledge. I. I mean, listen. Are we concerned about Caleb Farley and his development? Yes. Is it concerning my development because it, it does right. seem
1: like the, the team seems to me the team is like if you don't really do it yourself, they're kind of giving up on you. <laughs> like they're kind of like, eh, we don't really want to play you.
0: They they are big on personal accountability. There's no yeah. question about that. But again, there's that's only how so much you
1: can do without coaching. You know, what but I'm that's saying? how. But
0: that's how they. That's how they built the culture. They built for three or four years though. Is personal accountability in every single way. Now getting the tight ends a little bit more involved that aren't named Jeff Swain, I think would be certainly a possibility on the offensive game plan. I don't know what Kyle Phillips has to offer. I don't care about Josh Gordon, but Traylon Burks is clearly developing. They're clearly using him more. They clearly trust him more. He, he Like I want to see more usage out of him. I want to see targeting Robert Woods more. I think there's things that this team can do on both sides of the ball. I, I do agree with you that the defensive line is going to have a big game because I think the Raiders' offensive line is garbage. So I think there's lots of places where this team can win. And I think the, I think the coaching staff has earned the right to say, look, g- give us a couple more games here before you quit on us. And Listen,
1: I, they'll, they'll, they'll win just because I've talked all this shit all week <laughs> and, talked to, and and expressed accurate displeasure towards them. <clears throat> So they'll come out and they'll they'll win and then they don't have everybody in my mentions, oh you you know you shouldn't have given up and blah blah blah. And then Titans will go lose a couple more games and they'll, then they'll get bounced in the first round of the playoffs and I'll end up being right because it doesn't matter if your aspiration your goal is to win a Super Bowl and you can't win the Super Bowl. It I think matter. we got it,
0: dude. I think we got it. I think I think we understand where your head's at. <laughs> I think we got it. Uh, it will be interesting uh, again. Second half adjustments. Number one thing I want to see out of this team coming out of halftime. What do they look like at the start of the third quarter, trailing or leading? I want to see what they do in the third quarter because that's clearly where they've been beaten the last two games. Uh, not to mention the coaching and the playing. Those are two important things as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. Are, do important. you have? Do you have anything? Anything constructive else you'd like to add, or because I, I don't uh, need to hear I, you say I, Super Bowl or bust again.
1: Okay. Uh, I think you should be looking at Dennis Daly and and hoping that somehow, some way before the game, they cut him and find someone else to play his spot.
0: Yeah, it was he was not good.
1: And he's and he's not good. He's not a good football player. And obviously they have zero faith in Dylan Radens, who they drafted and failed to develop. And you know
0: Jamarco Jones on IR.
1: Oh yeah, well, you know, he was a non factor anyway. I always forget he's on the team. This wasted signing.
0: He's not really on the team anymore. <laughs> I mean, he is, but he's, he's not. The,
1: he's getting paid, getting that paycheck.
0: Jamarco Kendall Jones Lamb uh, on the, yeah. on, the uh, on the on the on IR. So again, I'll, here's some other things that I think are going to get better this week. Three point three yards per carry, eighty six yards per game, five fumbles on running the football in the first two games. I think I think that those numbers improve this week against the Raiders as well. So I, I listen. I'm just I'm in wait and see mode. I'm in wait and see mode. I don't panic. Hockey seasons are long, football seasons are long, baseball seasons are even freaking longer. Y- y- you just don't panic when you lose a game. It's just not uh, panicking, it's acceptance. It. Just accept reality. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Well, I I don't want to I don't want to get into my personal fandoms and my personal demons cuz I certainly have them. Uh, but my team won last week, so I'm not. I'm I'm okay right now. Hey,
1: I'm all in. Aaron Rodgers, go get me those points because I needed it for fantasy football.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Anything else on the Titans? Or are we going to move on real quickly to some uh, to some SEC football? So uh, uh, yeah, before we do good. that, okay. Before we do that, let's take a deep breath. Let's remember that the Pharmacy Burger Parlor and Beer Garden is a wonderful and amazing place to take your family for lunch to go for a happy hour after work to go with your work. If you've got a work event you want to go to make sure you go check out the beer garden because now it's no longer hundred degrees in Nashville. The temperature has broken apparently on the first day of fall. Hopefully we'll actually get some fall. Uh, they're going to have a pop-up at pilgrimage festival. So if you want some really well at a music festival, make sure you go check out the, the pharmacy there at the pilgrimage fest this weekend. So make sure you do that. Uh, the Kingston group, Locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. If you're going to make any big decisions about your house, make sure you call the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. And, of course, Weiss Liquors. Weiss Liquors. Search Uber Eats for Weiss Liquors, and they'll deliver the booze in as quickly as 20 minutes right to your house. Zach, Weiss Liquors.
1: They, they drive so you could drink.
0: <laughs> it's getting better. It's getting better every time. When you pop in the store, of course, right over there by the Titan Stadium to stock up on your weekend full of booze, just say 440 at the checkout register. And uh, the cash register—I guess those are still things. I should yeah. say, like the chip people reader. Still pay with cash when you check out at the chip reader. Uh, make sure you say four forty, and they'll give you ten percent off. Uh, Cash—that's that's tax-free booze right there. So Kingston Group Pharmacy, Weiss Liquors—all locally owned and operated here in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, that's the most important part, of course: high-quality service and products, all locally owned by people in Nashville. So check that out. Florida Week, baby! It's Florida here. Week. And... Now I th- okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, well I I think Grable. <laughs>
1: I was gonna ask you a question. I All want right, to go ask, you ask me a question. So it's Florida. We, I think you, you said it best, and it was such a surprising stat, is stuck with me that they are one in 29. U, University of Tennessee football is one in 29 versus both Florida and Alabama over X amount 15, of time. How many years?
0: 15 years. Yeah,
1: 15 years. It's ridiculous. That's crazy. And, um, a win obviously means so much to UT, but it means so much to Florida too. So what does a win mean for University of Tennessee specifically outside of slaying a demon? But what does it mean in the bigger scheme of things for SEC football?
0: So I don't want to be – because I now I get to be the dramatic one for the next 20 minutes. Is that how this is going to work? So yeah, I'll let, you, I, I'll let you go. Okay. okay. I, I think – I don't think this is an overreaction to say that it, that this game should they win Tennessee it, 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 it could it's a season defining moment, but it's, but it's potentially more than a season defining moment. If this win, if Tennessee were to win, which by all accounts in every rational measure of a football matchup, Tennessee should win the game. We'll get to the irrational in a second. But in every rational way, the quarterback is playing, is playing the position better than Anthony Richardson. Hendon Hooker is the offense is better. The weapons are better. The coach is more established. They're at home. They are, they're more motivated. Every single thing says the depth for Florida is not there yet. Every single rational way to, to analyze this game says Tennessee should win. It's the biggest point spread since the 90s, 10 plus points. If they were to win the game, it could not only change this season and define this season, it could change the next few years. And it could switch the entire narrative. Because if Heupel can rattle, let's say, just two wins in this series, and with the SEC schedule changing and Oklahoma and Texas coming and playoff expansion coming, the game is going to be different in the next couple of years, there is a chance that Josh Heupel changes the entire rivalry in a matter of one or two games but you cannot do that without winning this one because if you lose this one then you are erasing 18 months of goodwill that Josh Heupel has built up and that is why people in Knoxville are nauseous right now because so basically
1: they- like you lose this one all the goodwill is gone because essentially this is this is the game of every season for UT fans i mean right isn't this the game that you guys always have circled they-
0: they won't admit it but when florida week arrives it hits differently
1: right right i mean i think yeah. that's what i see on the timeline so yeah oh and, yeah yeah you know that's i i understand that so to me i'm thinking you have it's almost a must win game not necessarily for the success of your season but for the narrative surrounding your program is that is yes. that exactly 100%. what you're saying
0: yeah like like I'm not gonna go full like if you can't win a Super Bowl, don't worry about playing the game anymore. Like that, that's not what this game means. It's not. It doesn't like it doesn't ruin the season. It doesn't change all of that stuff. But it does sort of all the goodwill and the good vibes and the good energy and the pride and the development and the cultural communication and all the stuff that's happened with Josh Heupel in Tennessee. It is. It is hard to say that all of that was for a purpose if you cannot win this particular game at home as a heavy favorite when you have the better team (laughs) like it's just because next year billy napier is going to be in year two anthony richardson might be back it's going to be in gainesville and all of a sudden it's a and you're going to lose hendon hooker it's a far more difficult task next year to break the streak this is the game you have to do it
1: let me ask you a question about about uh coach uh youth pastor dad um what do (laughs) you think about him getting a raise already
0: So I mean, it's not
1: necessarily a bad thing. I'm just, I'm just, I was kind of curious.
0: So I saw, first of all, coaching contracts in college athletics aren't worth the paper they're printed on. It is almost exclusively for good PR and for recruiting purposes. Like you can, it doesn't change. Like if if they wanted to fire Josh Heupel tomorrow or give him ten million dollars tomorrow, they could do it. It doesn't. It almost doesn't matter. Um, I did find it interesting that a few media folk in Tennessee were asking questions about like, what has this guy ever done to get a raise? And I'm like, you guys have been in the media too long where you don't get any raises for for good performances. Josh Heupel has done a good job. Like here, here's how normal, this is a message to sports media people. So it's a pretty small audience here, but this is how it works in the real world. When you do your job well, you get compensated for it. That doesn't happen in sports media, but that happens in the real world in almost every other walk of life. And by every measure, Josh Heupel has done his job very well to this point. So if you want to put some numbers on a piece of paper and say, way to go, like fine. But I could not, there's not been a contract extension that I've ever cared about. <laughs> I've gotcha. Ne- I've never cared about it. Cause it doesn't change. If he loses to Florida and then they lose to Bama and they lose to Georgia and they lose to South Carolina. And he, it, it doesn't change what they're going to do with or without like, it, like they're not They're They're basically just press releases. Like there's, hey,
1: back getting back to Florida week if okay. Florida wins this game big deal no deal small deal doesn't change anything for Florida as their outlook this year could this be could this turn their season around
0: well losing doesn't affect anything because right. they're not supposed to win it's Billy Napier's fourth game as the head coach um it the outcome is is only win win for Florida if they win it's a huge upset and you get to stick it to your rival, and say, look, we're ahead of schedule. We've beaten Utah and Tennessee two top 20 teams in college football already in four games with Billy Napier. But if you lose, it doesn't really do anything. So I don't think it has a huge impact on Florida one way or the other. This is exclu- This is a one-way, one-sided argument. This is exclusively a- and about Josh Heupel and about history and psychology. And if, if Josh Heupel can keep all of the anxiety and the nausea from the fans and on the internet and from Twitter out of that locker room, then they win the game. If all that stuff seeps into everyone's phone because they're 18 to 22 year old kids and they're on their phones all day and they're hearing and reading and seeing all this garbage stuff that, that people are dealing with, then Florida can win the game. And this is not, this has nothing to do to me. This has nothing to do with Florida. Like this is all Tennessee.
1: Now, on Monday, you were kind of saying that all the stuff that happened over the weekend with Florida barely winning, you know, the (laughs) being lucky. And then um, the the betting lines and all this stuff is setting up a Florida win in traditional UT fashion. Games a couple days away, they I believe UT suspended a defender, right, for uh, for how he acted on during a game. Where are you at now in that kind of mindset? Is is that still in the back of your mind, forefront of your mind? Where do you have this game ending up?
0: My my brain is split in two places, and it has been since the beginning, and it will be until afterward, which is there's a rational, logical, analytical way to to look at this football game, which, which is that every single thing says Tennessee should win. Then there's the human side of this, which is, Oh, we don't. Which jinx do you think is worse? Right. right. Like checkerboard Nealon, they, they lose normally. Peyton Manning's in town. They lose normally. Game days in town. They lose normally. Expectations are high. They lose normally. Like this is all about 15 years of Tennessee. Like I, I'm, I'm too close to it. Like I'm it's and I'm not even talking as a fan. I'm talking about as an analyst. Like it's there is no rational argument to be made for Florida to win the game. There, There's none. Unless Anthony Richardson is just extraordinary,
1: and in your head that means that Florida is going to win the game, <laughs> the other half of your head.
0: You play, te- yeah. The other half is like Florida played terribly last week. A normal person would be like, "Oh, that means they're not good." <laughs> yeah. Tennessee fans are like, "Oh, that means we're fucked." <laughs> like that's the that's that is what's happening between with Tennessee's people's brains right now, and they won't admit that that other other half is just like creeping around in the shadows. It's like lurking in the closet and under the bed. It's just there and they know it's there and they're doing everything in their power to push those demons away. We are all, Tennessee fans are all alcoholics staring at the glass after being sober for 18 months. They are sitting at the bar, staring at the glass of whiskey, trying not to drink it right now. The
1: best bet of this game that you feel comfortable putting money on is what?
0: Florida 10 and a half. Okay. Florida plus 10 and a half. They could still lose the game. Florida could still lose, but, but give me the 10 and a half all day. Sounds good. All day. And if that means I'm gambling my way into watching Tennessee win, fine. I'll pay for yeah. it. I will, I will gamble on the team I don't want to see. I, I'm gambling on Tampa Bay to beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl, even though I'm rooting as hard as possible against Tom Brady. I like it. So, All
1: right. Which <laughs> game did you want to hit up next?
0: Arkansas A&M is the other big game in, in the SEC. Um, this is a great rivalry. Texas A&M won nine straight. Arkansas exercise some demons last week or last year in this series i just think it, it's a two-point spread i think arkansas is the better team i think both seasons could are going to be hanging in the balance here which team is going to contend with alabama they both play alabama in the next couple of weeks it's an it's a neutral site parking lot in dallas so that kind of sucks uh it'd be better in college station or fayetteville but um this is a physical really good defensive battle i think arkansas got the better quarterback but i just i just i just want to watch what they do because both offenses are, one of them is a little bit more creative than the other. I just want to see like, does a have any, like you talk about Vrabel and their lack of evolution. Like Jimbo Fisher's got to evolve on offense. Right. And we've got to see, we've got to see what it looks like and and have fun watching KJ Jefferson in Arkansas. That is a fun team to watch and they play bully ball. And I think they're going to do it again this weekend. So I, that one's more just like, I can't wait to watch it.
1: Another p- excellent primetime sec game. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed the sec games. Uh, being primetime and, yeah, and they've been good. I mean, they've been some good games and I think this is going to be another one, some interesting games, interesting storylines. Uh I am all in on I'll be rooting hardcore for Arkansas. No no uh okay. surprise there, right? I mean like Screw Texas, and am I hate them. Um I am all about <laughs> some Arkansas win. Did and- you
0: did you cheer when uh, zach, Calzada, zach Calzada announced today that I guess he's having surgery? Are you cheering?
1: Oh, uh, I don't for cheer Zach for injuries on. or surgeries or anything. Uh, I am. I just silently nod my head, going, "Oh yeah, oh yeah." That that, <laughs> that of course,
0: if you do not remember the Texas A&M quarterback who beat Alabama last year, yes, who now who now plays for Auburn, and by plays I mean he's, he's, around. he's yeah, around. he's around.
1: <laughs> you know, I I I think that Arkansas should win this game. I, I I would. I'm like you. I would much rather it be at one of the SEC one of these sec stadiums. I don't understand why this particular game got moved to Dallas when it could have been so much better, especially with, you know, them both being ranked them both being pretty good. They're both
0: pretty good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and you've kind of taken away the, the thing that makes college football so good is the home field advantage for whatever team it is. I, I think it would have been a great environment in college station It'd have been a great environment if it was the Arkansas, you know. It, it just it's kind of yeah, no, I'm with you. It's just kind of a little disheartening. It kind of takes away a little bit of the excitement on the broadcast because obviously, I mean, if you play, you know, at Tex A M at their stadium, it's gonna be Tex A and M fans anyway. No, I, I but it's I will, just something about it.
0: I will tweet this probably during the game because I can't help myself um and we all get like obsessed with stupid things in sports and then we just can't let them go and it's like i'll be i'm gonna watch this game and i guarantee you in the first quarter i'm gonna be like god what a great football game between arkansas and texas a&m the only two problems are artificial lighting and it's indoors right those are the things that i hate about that happens to college football like just on on a grass surface outside please with net like i don't like come on man like that's how college football is designed it's gonna be fun game though this has been a one-score game. I think five of the last seven. Like it, it is a close series. Weird shit happens in this game. So do you like
1: take Texas A&M overtime. Uh, I mean, alternate point spread. I mean, or do you take Arkansas at the the two?
0: Probably on the money line, just because you'll yeah. get slightly better odds. I guess right. Um, right. But I mean, if you could take the two and it doesn't affect your odds too much, take the two points. I guess. I think it went down to like one. So yeah. when you're in that, when you're in that ballpark, you might as well just go with the with the money line yeah. and play at that point um so i I would take i would take arkansas i just can't wait to watch that game to your point primetime college football every single night has been excellent um there's been a couple of bad noon windows 11 o'clock windows but college it's kind of
1: it's usually the other way around i feel like it's usually you know you could kind of miss the sec primetime game or whatever primetime college football game it is and but the 230 or the one o'clock ever or 11 a.m is always must watch and you know I think it's just the way the schedule's presented itself, but you know, go from Florida to Tennessee at two thirty p.m. to six p.m. of uh, Texas A&M and uh, Arkansas. Love it. I'm there. Yeah. That's, that's a great, great yep. segment of television.
0: The, the the other money line play I might advise people this week to do, it's not one of my like locks of the week or whatever. It might be take Missouri on the money line against Auburn because. Would you, would you like to tell everybody what's on the screen for those listening on the podcast? Yeah, if
1: you, if you don't watch the YouTube, which I encourage you to do, I like to put in a little pun where I can, and this says Will Loss put Harson out of his Missouri.
0: <laughs> that's well done. That's well done. That's Thank your best you. one yet. I think that's your best. I think that's your best one yet. It's a um, really good one. I, Auburn either wins by four touchdowns or they lose outright. So if you're gonna, if you want to throw down some a few bones or clams or shekels down. You might, I think Missouri on the money lines is a sneaky. Good play. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not touching this game, but that might be a sneaky play. Here's my question. I just don't know what Auburn is waiting for. Like this was a foregone conclusion in February. Like, what are we doing? Like you just got boat raced by Penn state. It was disgustingly ugly. And if Missouri comes and beats you at home, like, what are you waiting for? Like, Again, Auburn's a better team. Maybe they
1: were waiting for Missouri, kind of like I, how uh, d- maybe. Missouri got Dan Mullen fired. <laughs> maybe they're waiting on Missouri to win so they can say, oh, look, okay, now we're going to fire Brian Harson. Brian with yeah. a Y. I don't know Still why. Still hasn't changed his name.
0: Yeah, no, like, yeah. Still waiting on Brian Harson to change the spelling of his first name. Um, I, simple. I just don't know what they are actually waiting for, unless they're doing stuff in the background to, like, get, get things lined up, whether it's a buyout or booster dollars or search firm con- contacts back channeling with candidates like i don't know what th- there's nothing that he is the only thing he could do is make it harder to fire him like that's right. the only thing that could happen because again they're probably a better team than missouri they should win now if they've completely quit then they'll lose and he get. i could see i could see him being fired on sunday but again i, I, I don't know what they're waiting for just get rid re- like it's not brian hart like yeah just get, i don't know what they're doing
1: I saw a clip, and I don't know if it's if it's for sure. Uh, the source wasn't too reputable, but it showed um, Herm Edwards get fired on the field after a game. I don't know if that's really what happened in the clip or whatever, but that's what people are saying is, well, you could just fire Harson in the middle of the game. You know what? Auburn un- should do it, it be before the game. Do it, it right be a- before the
0: game. <laughs> no, 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 no. I So before the game would be good. There's no question. But I think unprecedented move would be to come out at halftime with an interim head coach. That is yeah. unprecedented in football history. I've so, is...
1: This is what they should do. This is what Auburn <laughs> should do. After the first TV timeout, when they come back from commercial, there should be a new head coach there.
0: Da, 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 I'm talking da, about da, da, after, da, da. after
1: the coin flip and they decide, new head coach. <laughs>
0: Uh, i'm I'm with you a firing in broadcast is spectacular now the video you're talking about was accurate it was herm edwards walking off the field at arizona state meeting with ray anderson the athletic director who was his agent by the way (laughs) athletic director and school president immediately like he's walking off the field and like has to change directions to go talk to the other ones and you can hear you could see him sort of trying to explain something and then apologizing. But oh, I'm sorry, boys. I'm sorry, boys. I'm, uh, I couldn't get it done. Like, so I don't know if it specifically happened there. What I imagine took place was those, the two bosses at Arizona state were like, listen, we're going to have to, uh, we're going have to have a talk tomorrow. Why don't you come in the office and we'll, we'll let you know kind of what's going on. Like it, it probably didn't happen specifically in a 10 second conversation, but it probably was pretty clear what was going to happen the next day. And then it was, then it happened the next day. So yeah, just remember, a lot athletic of, a lot
1: of college football news drops on a Sunday during NFL games this year. Oh, it's, it's great! Been crazy. Nebraska's done it twice.
0: It's it's great. Um, just remember that when when your agent is your athletic director, you're probably in trouble too. Athletic director, <laughs> just, yeah. just you were a package deal before. You're probably a package deal now. Just want to want to throw that out there. Look at Auburn. They had to get rid of their athletic director before they could fire the coach. Yeah. So there, there, you have it. And by the way. Yeah. Vanderbilt plus 40 and a half on the road against your Crimson Tide. Anchor down, baby. Anchor down, baby.
1: I I wouldn't be surprised. I I really wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I would not be surprised, to be honest with you.
0: All right. The Pharmacy. Great burgers. Great beers. Great brats. Great tots. They got us pop-up out there at Pilgrimage Fest this weekend. So make sure you're frequenting the Pharmacy. They're also a proud sponsor of Music City Audible, a podcast you should be listening to. You've got football and other efforts. you got Broadway Sports Media, Kingston Group. Make sure you go to buildkg.com and check them out. If you got any big questions about your house, just have a conversation with the Kingston Group. And of course, if you want booze delivered right to your house, I don't know a human being that wouldn't want that. Make Everybody sure should want it. You go to Uber Eats and search Weiss Liquors and have them bring the booze right to your house in as quickly as 20 minutes. And if you pop in the store, say 440 at the uh, chip reader checkout and, uh, You'll, you'll get 10% off. So again, locally owned and operated the pharmacy, the Kingston group and Weisslickers, Liquors all owned and operated here in Nashville, family owned businesses. So make sure you check out those, uh, all those awesome and amazing sponsors, which hopefully are better than Todd Downing's game plan.
1: I can guarantee you that all three of these places are better than Todd Downing's game plan and Mike Frabel's, uh, philosophy. Hmm. And Dennis Daly's pass blocking. <laughs> And Trey Avery's coverage. Okay, you got any any Caleb (laughs)
0: Farleys? Caleb Farley. (laughs) Listen, I don't think
1: Caleb Farley played as bad as that one play made him look. I don't think Caleb Farley played as bad. I I think that Caleb Farley's got to get some experience under his belt. But they still want to give it to him unless people injured and died.
0: Taylor Lawan comes off the bench and Willis reads the second half. Bud Dupree comes off the bench and Willis reads the second half with a sack and a half. They're going to will their way to victory on hobbled legs and busted knees. Derrick Henry's going to slowly plot his way for four yards of carry, and the Titans are going to win a game, and it's going to be one and two, and the Titans' ship is pointed back in the right direction. You heard it here first on a Oof. football show. <laughs> for, Zach, for Zach, I'm Braden. Have a great weekend. Turn on all the notifications. Follow all the shows. Rate, review, subscribe, and enjoy the games for Zach. I'm Braden. Thanks for listening. This has been Football Show.